0: Bob the Brown Hornet, how's it going? What's going on? What's going on, Craig? Thanks for joining me, really appreciate it.
1: And thanks for having me as well. Thanks for having me on your platform.
0: So, um I, I don't know, I, I gotta say it's kind of crazy for me to to be talking to you because um, if you had told me like in '96 or '97 I'd be interviewing you I I'd say that's crazy you know I wouldn't believe it you know after hearing a uh, Black on Black Crime and the GP wu album you know there's some serious releases so
1: it's definitely yeah no. yeah no I appreciate it I'm glad you even I'm glad you even know your research. I'm glad you go back that far to the real hip-hop, the real era of lyrical content, you know, beats and rhymes.
0: So you're born and raised in Staten Island, right?
1: Born and raised in Staten Island, yes, sir.
0: So um, growing up there, like, who do you feel like you heard first, like growing up rapping around you or making music on Staten Island?
1: I used, to always watch, I used to watch the Foursome Seas on a ferry boat. They used to perform for money. Um, so when I was a little kid, you know, acting, a lot of people watched watch the Foursome Seas. So as far as live, yes. As far as, you know, as far as the radio is concerned, when hip-hop, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the early 80s, it uh, took everybody by storm the same way. So um, I just think as a youngster, I gravitated towards music because uh, my family was always always musically inclined. And, um, you know, I just think that uh, hip hop, uh, when they it came
0: out, out
1: uh, definitely they... sparked the juices in my brain to, uh, to make me want to become an MC.
0: How old do you think when you started first making songs and, and writing lyrics and stuff?
1: Yeah, I probably was like 10 or 11. You know, it's really starting it out, I probably was like 10 or 11. Um, I'm the only child from my mother. So I think, you know, the pad and the pen became my best friend. And so, you know, just dibbling and dabbing and probably not writing anything of major, major, you know, content. But I know I was at an early age writing at that time, putting things together.
0: Black and Black Crime. It looks like it came out in '96. Did you put out anything before that? Like, were you putting out any, any like uh, mixtape type albums, or, or just putting out like tapes on your own before that?
1: Well, I had put out uh, a, a single prior to Black on Black Crime, and then the B side was a uh, GP connection, and the song that I had put out was "Can You Woo Woo Woo," and the B side was "Let's Go to Lap." So that was like the first time I put something on wax and that was more or less like maybe 94.
0: Yeah. So it says online that uh ghost is your cousin. Is that true? Or is that just like an online myth?
1: Yeah. That's just like an online myth though. Our families are very close. Like, you know, our mothers went to junior high school and you know, his mom's is close to my, close to my aunt uh, that nature. So Back in the seventies, going into the eighties, you know, sixties, seventies before around me and ghost face our families uh knew of each other. So, you know, back back then, you know, used to say, Yo, we family, yo, it's you know, things of that nature, but and we're connected probably through marriage and things of that nature, but never like,
0: you know. Yeah. So, um, who would you say you met first out of like everyone, not even in just in like the core member of of members of Wu-Tang but like even just the extended family like was there anyone that's pretty pretty well known as an MC that you were uh that you were connected to first would you say?
1: I mean well Ghost is from Stapleton that's where I'm from so and like I said me and Ghost knew each other though we're not family we knew we knew of each other since maybe you know nine ten years old so we go far back like that as far as family and as far as knowing each other um but you know, the, the other members, uh, the, the majority came from Paul Kill. I went to junior high school with uh, with, with, with Ray Kwan. Uh, probably Method Man was, you know, he, he's probably in some kind of yearbook or what have you. Not sure, but Inspector Deck uh, Noodle. Uh, even King Just Noodle, So yeah, I mean, did we hang with each other? Did we break bread and all of that? And uh, do we know of each other and passwords and rhymes and slap box and things of that nature? Yes. So I mean, being from Stapleton, the majority of the clan that's from Staten Island, because majority of the clan isn't even from Staten Island, but yeah, the ones that are from Park Hill, I do know of them, but uh, uh, Ghosts is who I knew the longest.
0: So, um, Besides the four SMDS, was there anyone like, like on a lower lo- level, like maybe people that that didn't break out nationally or anything? Was there any like local hits that you remember, like growing up when you were young that that everyone really liked just on Staten Island?
1: Well, I made a lot of local hits, man. I mean, I can't speak for every neighborhood because everybody, every neighborhood has local heroes. But uh, there were songs that I've made. Uh, what goes up must come down. That don't make you a man, son. I had a joint in the street was called No More Mr. Nice Guy. It was down low record, Ghostface and Myself. That was produced by RNS. That was around 91 before the Klan came out around the same time as the symphony. And so people around the streets knew those songs. I had mixtapes myself with numerous of songs where, you know, kids from Tottenville, the other side of Staten Island, you know, they were singing my songs because a lot of times my hits that we were make, we, uh, we, we put it to a Maxwell tape, we um, hit a Kanye start copying the tape and we go all around. And before you know it, you know, it's in your high schools and people stealing your tapes and things of that nature. So I had numerous of hits that would no me myself had numerous hits in the street before anyone really had claiming to fame. So like I said, the, what goes up must come down, shattered dreams, one man gang that don't make you a man. son. no more Mr. Nice guy, just to name a few. Um, what Shaheem wind up doing on his second album, uh, his first lead-off single, the name of the single was called Shit Is Real. And so that was one of my songs that, that was one of my songs that he, that, you know, that was one of the street bangers back in the days. And him and, you know, RNS and s reflipped a beat or whatever the case may be. And Shaheem used it as his lead-off single on his second album.
0: Yeah, I saw that Um, you were on... Um... The Lost Generation album twice. So, was he someone that you grew up with and knew? Like, did you know him like when he put out his first album and everything? Hello?
1: Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I Hello? couldn't
0: hear you for a minute. I couldn't, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I can, I can hear you. Um,
0: I could, yeah, I couldn't hear you for a second.
1: Um, okay, but yeah, like what, I was saying, Shaheem is a little bit Shaheem is a little bit younger than us, you know. Okay. So Shaheem was when when he got when he, you know Shaheem was a basketball kid hanging with the youngsters, and then when he got into making the music, you know, there was a couple of different individuals that lend a hand in the in the beginning. Rest in peace to Mercury and Mercury was taking him around Mercury from the four SMDs and then he bumped into Big Daddy King, so forth and so on. But when he started making albums, there was a group of individuals that was around him to download records, June lovers, rubber bands. Um, you know, they was around him in the beginnings to where everybody was, you know, crafting their style, being up in the studio writing. So yeah, um, like I said, he's younger. Uh, and so me coming along being a, a more a little seasoned vet as far as writing rhymes and making songs, you know everybody more or less contributed in the beginnings to make sure that Shah was a solid MC coming out of representing Stapleton Staten Island.
0: So were you there for a lot of that uh, recording of that album? The Lost Generation?
1: Oh, i may have i may have been there for 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 some of it not all of it shaheem you know like I, he's his own artist him and s at the time you know when they focus when people focus on doing the in the, the solo album that there's what i get in you get in where you fit in so i got in where i fit in uh, might have been on dare guard might have been on a couple of other joints but um you know uh the first album was more where everybody was around and writing and things of that nature but yeah you know It was definitely family orientated.
0: So after the first uh, Wu-Tang album, um, was it just like popping off everywhere there? Like just parties and and shows like way more than usual, would you say?
1: Uh, Not necessarily. There was a big hip hop movement. Before, really, like, the woo came out on Staten Island, everybody was fighting to be heard in names, so you, there would be a lot of, you know, from the park the villa to the wave to the cave to Consequences, there would be a lot of MC wordplay grabbing of the mic. Um, But everybody was, like, really trying to sharpen their sword and be or sharpen their craft and be the first one to come out and represent Staten Island as far as lyric-wise and MC-wise. So, like, the UMCs were the first really rap group Group. and then like the W, then Shaheem came out, you yeah. know, so UMC, Shaheem, and then the Wu came after. So you, everybody was really in the mix at that time. It's like, you know, the Klan band together, and they won with numbers, but there was a whole bunch of talent that was out around that time, and um, like, you know, from King Just and, you know, a lot of other groups that I'm not naming, but, you know, everybody in every neighborhood had their own. It's just that... You know, Wu tang was the one that uh, propelled through.
0: Yeah. So, um, the same year as uh, Shaheem's Lost Generation album, you put out Black on Black Crime, at least it, it came out officially that year. Did you say you made that like a few years sooner, or was that pretty much new in 96?
1: Yeah, that was brand new um at the, at the time I collaborated with an independent smoke records so like I said I had numerous of songs whatever the case may be but I didn't really want to dig into the vault so Oreness me and him got into the you know studio he concocted up a beat and I more or less wrote you know black on black crime and overnight I came back we got up into the studio and we put it out independently so yeah that was a brand new song when I dealt with smoke records and it buzzed on the underground and then it got picked up by MCA. So it got regurgitated and spit back out, relabeled and spit back out into the universe.
0: Yeah. That beat is absolutely crazy. Like it's just, it, it brings me back every time I hear it, you know, just do, I think it's a better time in music than right now. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff now. There's a lot of great artists, but um, I don't know, just the qualities back then was just, the beats were crazy and and that's just a perfect example of like a of like 90s underground classic
1: right beat is very hypnotic so with
0: with that song black and black crime like to this day do you do you kind of feel like you have to perform it
1: yeah i have to perform it uh just to give the people like I, you know the fans out there there's a lot of fans that know me for that song so Whatever set have whatever set that I do i do my best to climax with with that song yes so if i have a 15 half an hour set I do my best to to end with black on black crime just to, you know just to set a te- uh a, a temperament anyway everybody that they're leaving or if I'm leaving the set i want uh you know that's just a good vibration and a, a good feel to, just to leave people with you know so I definitely I definitely perform it
0: you know, it's, it's funny, like, um when I first heard that song, I just kind of assumed you were, like, an older, older guy because your voice is so powerful, you know? Like, the, the tone of your voice is, is, like, a little bit... It's, like, kind of dark and deep on that track. Right. And so I just figured, like, oh, this guy must be, you know, like, an older MC, but, you know, obviously you really weren't that old at the time.
1: No, I was I was actually young, yeah. I was a young guy, so, and you know, so, um and I always think back when I listen to songs like that. So I, I feel always like you tell
0: sound younger on your newer songs now.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Appreciate it, but yeah, you know, I always say, you know, I'm just, I'm just a puppet. The higher power is my ventriloquist. So what he wants me to spit out, and I've been blessed to have a, a distinctive voice. So yes, definitely, definitely try to utilize it as much as possible.
0: So were you gonna put out a solo album? after that, and then uh, G.P. Well, just did. came out instead? Well,
1: I was going to, yeah, you know what? I mean, I came out with a solo album, um, The Underground Emperor, after the G.P., but in hindsight, when I dropped The Black on Black Crime, right, I, I was, I was should have came with a solo album, but I mean, what happened is the song grabbed the attention of Hank Shockley and Daddy Orr at, at, at MCA, and at the time with the you know the downloads, the rubber bands, and the June Lovers, who they was coming out of Stapleton, I figured you know maybe we can win in numbers the same way as like the W did. So it was just like all for one, one for all. Let's join together and 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 band together. But in hindsight, I might have popped the Brown Hornet. The 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 MC, the artist, may have got lost in the shuffle of the GP group. And so, you know, instead of coming out with the album first, I think I should have done that. Cause it could have been popped the Brown Hornet and maybe, you know, GP could have been a, a crew that could have I would have been rhyming with, I would have been rhyming with, but maybe they would have had their own deal and, uh, you know, the pies would have been able to have been spread a little bit differently. But, uh, you know, I wound up coming out with the GP the Grain slash Wu album, and then surely thereafter I came with the, uh, the Underground Emperor, the Underground Emperor album.
0: Yeah, so it looks like uh, the GP Wu album is actually twenty five years old now. This year,
1: yes, Just turned twenty five this year. Yes.
0: How do you feel looking back on it? Um, like, do you have a favorite track off of it?
1: I, I I like so many i like smoking i like don't go against the grain you know i like chamber danger i like uh the underground Emperor. the, the you know i like uh, first things first so you know even black on black is on that album it's on two albums um i just i, I just enjoyed the, the time uh making the music you know I always thought there would be more to come. I always thought we would be, you know, just get on to a label that would believe in us, and we'd be able to just grow and groom, and be able to make massive hits. So I just thought it was the beginnings of. So you know, it was a bittersweet type situation to get signed. It was definitely sweet, but to for it to to not be able to 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 climax or, or reach its full potentials is the bitter situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you like, uh, go online and and look up that album. There's a lot of people that say it's an underground classic and, you know, there's a lot of people saying it's their favorite album and it's super slept on and stuff. So, I mean, it definitely, it definitely made a mark, but I agree. Like it, it, I feel like it could have done a lot more, you know, and, um,
1: yeah, if we would have got you know, if we would have had the right support from the label at the time, we was on MCA, so we were label mates with you know Mary J. and and Casey and JoJo, and MCA was more of a an R R&B, and uh, R and B geared label. But I think you know if the brothers would have took the time up at MCA and and showed focus and interest in GP, it, it could have been a great situation.
0: Yeah, it's funny because um, I hadn't listened to it in a little bit, and like the other day, I, w- I went to just. To listen to it and just looking at the cover, I just thought in my head, "smoking." And then you turn on the album; that's the first thing they're saying on there. So uh, it's it's just funny how that left a mark, you know. On my
1: right, right,
0: right. Don, you said you were planning on putting out more music with GP Wu and it just you guys kind of just went your own ways. Um, well, uh,
1: unfortunately, unfortunately it happened that way, you know, brothers, uh, you know, the music business kind of left a sour, a bit of taste in individuals' mouths. So, you know, I would gather, you know, individuals have to live their life and do certain things. I gather people, you know, the rubber bands is the downloads, June lovers, they make music. Um, I just don't know on how, you know, to make another GP album, um, you know, I see. You know the fans want it, but at the same time, you know, if there's a, if there was a, a conglomerate out there that would like to get a, a, a second chance at a, you know, talent coming out of stat now, and that's how it probably would have to be because you know people have grown, have their own lives, have families, so people can't jump into a situation that's not going to be profitable. Just you know, when we were right. young, young know, when you're young, you had the time, you had the energy you know, but now people have commitments yeah, and, and commitments and obligations, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so you put out your, uh, your first solo album, well, maybe first official solo album, the underground emperor in 2000. Um, and I noticed it's not on streaming. Do you think it will be at some point?
1: It's a good possibility of that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things that could happen, but yeah, that's been in the air as far as making it and making it available for, for streaming. So there's a, there's a different approaches that may have to be done, especially as far as getting into the studio and, um, you know, just redoing it.
0: Yeah. So between the GP Woo album and, and that first album, were you just working on that solo project or have you ever taken any breaks from music at all?
1: Well, you know, during that time, no we was just, i was just writing and making music it wasn't until after you know that i went on a hiatus and, and still was writing but when i wasn't in the industry and you know i was working i worked 731 i went to work after the album 2001 and so you know i put that work in and um i wasn't really in in, the, in this industry at all so that's where i really took my my hiatus and i was going for a lengthy amount of time and so i um you know, collabed up with King Jess in like twenty seventeen and we came out with a mixtape the the Emperor and the King, the best of both hoods.
0: Did he kinda like convince you to come out of retirement or or get back to it?
1: I think I was more or less trying to convince him. Me and King yeah. Jess, me and King just had, you know, back in the days we always said we would do music with each other. So we were both on hiatus and it was like, yo, what's up? You wanna, you know, get back in here, try something? So I think it was a collaboration of us, you know, getting together. Like I said, we were both on Deep Piatus. It wasn't like it was hearing from me or King Jess. So when we did it, it was like a mutual, well, you know, let's come back and let's blow the dust off the microphone.
0: Yeah. So um, he's on at least two songs of yours since that album. Do you think you guys will put out another album at some point?
1: I think we have to start you know, I always talk to King Jess. Um, you know, the music business is a little bit different, uh, so you have to have a certain amount of patience, and you know, we need to make the comeback trail. It's like a fraternity, this music business, so it's about getting with getting in where you fit in. So it's like, you know, KJ wants to do shows and things of that nature. He wants us to be able to do stuff, and it, you know, if it's not going to make radio at least be lucrative enough to come back and you know, us putting out good music for people to listen to is one thing, but like i said also investing in yourself and being uh, able to make money off of it is is another so
0: let's touch on the new the new single i just got it recently um shout out to mj for for uh for sending and also for putting together this interview
1: right shout out mj definitely
0: um so is the new single shooting my shot is that off an upcoming new album or is it kind of like a one-shot single um, I'm going
1: to be working on material. It is like a one shot single, but, uh, hypothetically, when I'm putting out my album and things of that nature, I'll probably drop some time next year. It could be a bonus track or something like that. But, you know, I always want to drop something, keep the relevancy going on, keep my name abuzz and afloat. Um, as much work as I have put out there, you know, I'm always grabbing new fans and a lot of people really don't know who I am. So, yeah, I just keep, I just keep jabbing at it because I do want the fans to be at least aware of who I am when I drop my next body of work. I wanted to at least be, you know, at least be effective. And, you know, I've been, I've been putting out singles here and there for the last couple of years just to, just to activate the fans and just, just, just to create a buzz for the underground for those that are are unaware. Mm.
0: So, um, The name SI Spinus looks familiar. He produced the single. Is he someone you've known for a long time?
1: Uh, He's actually up and up and coming. He's an up and coming, uh, producer from out of Stapleton. Um, so he's generations below me, but you know, he reached out, tagged me in something. And, um, I went and I gave him a listen and, uh, you know he has a lot of heat so i think he'll be working with a lot of up and coming artists i just happen to be able to grab him early and and find a nice gem and yeah. so you know i put together shoe in my shot it does, you know it gives you that 90s feel
0: yeah it, it's funny you said that it definitely feels like a like a timeless 90s track like i was thinking today i was listening to it and like um like if i didn't know what year it was from i'd probably assume it, it was from the 90s
1: Right. So, I kind of like deliberately, when I get with certain artists, especially if they're young producers and I can get me a 90s feel due to the fact that I don't think I was able to you know, I wasn't exploited enough in the 90s. Um, You know, I definitely feel like I could have been more impactful. uh, But unfortunately, circumstances played the way they did. So, I like to revisit it right now in the 2023. A lot of when you hear hip hop heads, they complain that that's where they want to go back to. So you can never really, you know, physically go back. But as far as music wise, I like to I like to throw myself back. And since I'm from there, it isn't it isn't that that complex. I'm not I'm not trying too
0: hard. Yeah. So um, you mentioned he's a young up and comer. Is there any um, any other artist or I mean, whether they rap or produce? Like, is there anyone? From Staten Island, you feel like people should watch out for. That's that's kind of caught your eye, or that's putting out good music.
1: I have a son. His name is Don Dollars. Uh, you gotta definitely watch out for him, Don Dollars. He was on a single, where on um, my latest release, "The Foreman Mandela." He's on a "Straighten It Out" track with me. Um, and I got a cousin, Tyrone Briggs. He rhymes. He's very he's very good. Coming kind up of out of Staten Island, and there's just a gang more. You know, I don't want to start ripping off, but I figured I'd cover family and they're, they're legitimate MCs, and they have something to say. they substance, you know, definitely heavy hitters.
0: Uh, how old is your son, and, and has he put anything out that people can um,
1: look he, yeah, yeah, he he hasn't put anything out substantially yet. Uh, you know, he rounds with a lot of his peers. He's like uh, 30 years going on 30, you know, <laughs> so – yeah, so and he has, like I said, he's you know this generation how they rhyme. He he's definitely has both as far as you know rhyming classic and, and rhyming the way they do now. So I got Don Dollars and my cousin Tyrone Briggs. Yeah, up and coming. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if they have any music that um that you think I should check out, definitely send it anytime.
1: Yeah, I got you. You'll be hearing some of them in the future.
0: So um, you've worked with a lot of great artists. If you could work with anyone alive right now, who who do you think it would be? Like, is there anyone you've always wanted to connect with? Um,
1: off offhand, yeah, it, nothing really grabs and strikes me. But I would, you know, um, I I kind of would want to venture in doing something with a maybe an R and B artist. I want to do a, you know, I would, wouldn't mind doing a big a big song, you know, yeah. something that would be. Standoutish and, and probably you know transcend and in different places. I don't want to make any uh you know any any hood classic. I want something that would be big. Mm-hmm.
0: So how long have you been going by the name Pop the Brown Hornet? Have you always gone by this this one name?
1: Yeah, as far as MCing wise and uh yeah, I always went by the name of Pop. You know, so Pop was always my name, and then the Brown Hornet got added on to it.
0: Um, so is there anything else you think we should watch out for from you in, in, uh, 2023? Like, is there a video for, for shooting my shot coming or anything?
1: Yeah, it'll probably be a video for shooting my shot. So you keep your eyes open for that. Um, I have a clothing line that's out. So anybody that's interested is www.statenfly.com dot station dot that's www statinfly.station.shopify.com and so yeah I have a couple of different you know hats, hoodies, I'm sure I'm adding some more stuff onto it now so I'm getting into the merchandise type of thing and you know, it'll drift me out to the end of the year and you'll maybe hear some features or whatever the case may be but I'm, I'm putting some merch together, have some merch together and, and putting some more together as we speak
0: yeah so um is there anything else that like the people around you think you're really good at, or like any skills or talent you have outside of music that you can think of?
1: Uh, it depends on who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) It all depends on who you ask. Some people say I miss my calling. I could have been a comedian. Some people say I'm a bully. Some people say, uh, you know, I'm a this, I'm that. It, It all depends on who you ask. You know what I mean? But I have, you know, I have a lot of great qualities, um, and also, you know, I'm one of those per- people that's by my, you know, to myself as well. So kind of like one of those. I'm great with people with this times I could be just, you know, I'm happy with just being by myself and, and being autistic.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think that's about it. Um, is there anything else you want to let the listeners know that you have going on that, uh, that you want them to look into or check out? before the, the last question uh
1: yeah just keep out and shoot my shot put that on your playlist if you want to follow me on instagram pop the brown hornet underscore 10304 TikTok. pop the brown Hornet. yeah that's about it though yeah, add me to your playlist shooting my shot forming mandela
0: all right so um do you have any shout outs you want to give or do you want to let people know anywhere else they can find you online before before this last question yeah,
1: I'm gonna just shout out the whole hip-hop world Hip-hop turns 50 years old this year um. So you know Everybody that made a contribution All the fans that's listening And keep your ears tuned to the classic You know, classic traditional hip-hop Brown Hornet's here to stay
0: Bumble <laughs> Um. So I like to end the show uh, Asking Do you have a top five favorite albums of all time Or like five albums that you That you bought the most or wore out the most, or anything like that? Like maybe the five that affected you the most in your life? Okay. Um, we
1: could, we got, we got five albums. I could go with, we uh, can go Slick Rick's Great Adventure. We can go KRS's Criminal Minded. We can go Michael Jackson's Thriller. We can go Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing album. And we can go, uh, probably Stevie Wonder, probably one of Stevie Wonder's albums.
0: Mm, That's a good list Well I want to thank you for joining me tonight Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your night And um, like I was saying at the beginning It's definitely surreal interviewing you Because I've been a fan for a long time I I really liked uh, the GP Woo album And uh, it's funny I actually had a friend I I lost track of him Like he moved away But um, when that album came out He actually only would listen to your verses Like he would fast forward everyone else's verses and only listen to yours and it was one of his favorite <laughs> albums <laughs>
1: that's my god but yeah definitely you know everybody had their own favorites i you know when you ask around and then, yeah, i read some of the comments and everybody had their in particulars, which is a great thing but um i appreciate that definitely a lot of well, love yeah,
0: I'm, I'm from new hampshire and we definitely were feeling that your releases up there like when when black and black crime came out um, it was getting played on the uh, college radio shows up here, like, all the time. The, 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 the Craig